This is a podcast by The Straits Times. He is the man of the moment as far as Singapore swimming is concerned. Tiong Sen Wei has been racking up milestones in the pool and on this edition of SD Sports Talk, he joins me, SD Sports correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz, to chat about his recent rise. The 24-year-old talks about becoming only the third male Singaporean to race in the final of a world championships, becoming the only Southeast Asian to go under 22 seconds in the 50-meter freestyle, and how he has changed from quote-unquote an old chunky delivery boy to become one of the country's top swim stars today. So hi Tiong and uh, thank you for taking the time out of uh, your schedule in the middle of competition to have this chat with us. No worries. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with you guys. Yeah, so first question, you know, how did it feel to race in the final uh, of a World Championship race? It was really exciting and it was very humbling to see where I stood in terms of the world standings. And it gives me more motivation to train harder and be more consistent with my training so that I I can beat those guys the next time I come back. Nice. Uh, Was that more meaningful to you, the final itself, or actually making it, you know, uh, out of the semis into the finals. Which race meant more to you? For me and my coach, I think we planned to give it my best in the semis because we knew that it would take a personal best for me to get into the finals. And so I followed that plan. So making it into the finals was a very big deal for me. And then I was going to just race my heart out at the finals and whatever the result was, I was going to be pleased and happy with it. So can you describe your feelings before that semi-final you know you, you're, you're out there on the blocks you know it's a world champs you were prepared to give everything you had like you said you needed to you, you knew you needed a PB to, to, to get to the final and, and you did what was going through your mind how's your body feeling you know just just moments before the race and, and stuff like that can you just describe it to us yeah I mean in terms of like mindset I was just trying to remain calm stay in the present not overthink how I feel and just try to maintain a level of calmness uh, within myself so that I could execute the race how I wanted it to be executed because sometimes I feel like if you get overexcited or you overhype yourself you can rush your technique and swimming is a lot about technique right it's about holding the water and understanding how to move through the water as efficiently as possible so I was just trying to stay calm Uh, I was excited and if you ask me how I felt during the race, honestly, it's quite a blank when you, when I race. It's just, it's like, take your marks, go, and it's just, the wall comes in an instant, and then it's all over. Yeah, it's a very interesting feeling. Is it any different to how you felt at other high-level races, you know, even at, at the SEA Games, for example? Was there any difference in how you felt? Like you said, you, you mentioned stay calm a lot. Huh? Yeah. You know, was the excitement factor a bit higher than, than usual? Uh, no. For me, uh, I think I tried to replicate a racing environment very often during my training sessions so that when it comes to competition time, I'm ready for it and my mind and body is ready for the kind of like pressure and the stress that is being put on it. So to be honest, the the variance between SEA Games and this World Championship semi-finals wasn't too great. Mm. And, and mentioning the SEA Games, you've had a, a pretty sick uh, month, uh, you know, obviously going under 22 seconds in the 53 uh, in Hanoi. And then obviously here, you know, with another milestone. Have you processed everything that you've done, you know, the couple of achievements you've had, you know, in the last month? Or has there just been no time? 
I think I've processed it with my coaches. Um, we've already talked about learning from each race and then going back to the drawing board to see how we can get faster. Other than that, I think, because for me, I feel like when you, when you get content with how you perform, then the drive and the, the road ends there, you know? Mm, mm. But for me, like, I feel like I want to keep going lower and lower and lower and dropping times. So it's just for me right now, I'm just in the process of my career and I don't really think too much about the individual achievements. I mean, maybe for the day or two, I'm happy, but after like this morning, I, I've moved on and I'm looking forward to my next race already. Mm. So what has been the key you feel to this rise? La? You know, a lot of people have described your rise as, you know, pretty sudden, la, you know, to make that very sharp improvement. Is there one reason or a couple of reasons or is it just a cumulative thing, you know, over the years that you've, you've done? Yeah, I think it's just been the work that I've been putting in ever since um, I joined the national team in 2017 under Gary, under the National Training Center, all the support that's been given to me. It's like the little building blocks that make the big house, you know. And it, it, it just builds up over time. And for others, because the only way that they see the achievements is kind of just through the news, right? Mm. But uh, for the coaches and the, the people around me, they kind of like have seen me grow and mature in my sport and overcome my barriers in terms of injuries and mental challenges. So for us, I don't think it's really a, a sharp rise. It's more of like, okay, he's, he's on track. Let's keep it this way and let's keep improving. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now, back to our conversation with Singapore swim star, Tiong Chen Wei. So, uh, again, like I said, you know, like what you say is absolutely true. You know, people do see your achievements, you know, when you reach a certain level in the newspapers. You know, they may not see the previous five years, you know, for example. So, you know, some people have described you as a late bloomer. Many people have described you as a late bloomer. Is that a tag that you like or is that something that, you know, gets a bit under your skin a bit or you don't really care either way? I'm okay with it. For me, I think it's, it's good, especially in terms of the Singapore context, in terms of inspiring the younger ones, because I want like people to know that, you know, you don't have to be young to be good. And it is better to like have a long and mature career in terms of development and like just basically not ending your career once you hit 18 years old, you know? Mm-mm. Like I'm only considered a late bloomer in Singapore. Yeah. But across the world, like the people I'm racing with in the semifinals, the guy, I mean, the heat is the guy who was next to me is 42 years old. So I think it's just all about the context in terms of the culture that we have in Singapore in terms of our mindset. Because most people will be like, oh, you're 25, so it's time to get a job. I think it's just different. So Yeah, this is something we, we see not just in swimming, but in, in across so many sports in Singapore. So it's, it's a culture thing, as you rightly pointed out. There's also a, a culture thing where some people say you can't you know get to the top of sport unless you go outside of Singapore to to train or to study but uh, correct me if i'm wrong you have been training locally right uh, basically every step of the way yes i've been training locally i think one of the things that a lot of people felt was the kind of environment that singapore has you see we already talked about the culture that we have in terms of 
sport and the the impact it has on how I'm already considered as a late bloomer. Can you imagine how it feels like for people trying to like think about pursuing the career in sports? Mm-mm. It's um it's not very common here in Singapore, right? So you either have to be really really good at it, or you have to have like kind of like an outlier mindset. If not, you're just going to kind of FOMO into the what rest of society does. I mean, if you're in a group of ten people and all nine of them or eight of them are going to work after uni, you're gonna feel weird if you know if all your friends are doing the same thing. So I think it's kind of like an environment thing. But I've been blessed to be surrounded with people who like kind of support me, my family, my friends, like my coaches, like Gary, who I've known for the past ten years already, to like kind of you know keep me in this bubble where I have kind of I'm treasured, you know, like sometimes it's good to feel like you have some self-worth in, in this place in the world, you know. Yeah, no, it's, and it's fantastic that you've, you know, kept plugging away and kept working on yourself and in the sport and blossomed throughout the years. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, Coach Gary, you've known him for, for a while. I think one of his uh, recent posts, he described you as being, you know, uh, old chunky delivery boy. Can you tell us a bit more what that, that's all about? Yeah, so basically last time I used to be really lazy at training and I mean, he was really chill and we had a good connection. So I, I think he knew that, you know, now is not the time. If he doesn't want to be pushed, there's no need to push someone who doesn't want to be pushed. You just kind of like have to like keep the connection going, keep the passion, you know, keep it fun, keep it light. So sometimes at training when the sets were long, uh, I will just like kind of walk down to the Caltex and buy him and me some old chunky and while everyone's training, I'll just be eating some chicken wings with him. So it's just funny how things work out, but I guess uh, <laughs> it's just how it is, you know. Like the journey is Yeah, at which point of your journey did that change? Uh you know, like you know, now you don't eat anymore or hardly eat any of the, the, the these kind of foods, right? So when did this change for you? Um in terms of my commitment to swimming it changed after I won my first SEA Games medal, knowing that, okay, maybe like, why not give it a shot, right? Why not? So I'm the kind of person, like, I, I choose one thing and I really focus on it. I mean, it's quite extreme and I'm a pretty extreme guy. So like, when I chose to be involved in the sport of swimming, I like, kind of like devoted all my concentration, energy and effort into it. So that's where I am now. I'm just trying to like, be the best version of myself and just enjoy the the journey along the way you know because one day like my swimming journey will end and then i'll find my next thing that i have to put my focus on so you know for for now your swimming journey obviously uh, is still going strong what's next for you in in swimming in terms of you know your next big medium or long-term target in a very short term i'm swimming the 100 fly in around three days i think yeah three days so that's the really short term Medium term, there's um, Commonwealth Games coming up in Birmingham at the end of July. I'm really looking forward to that. And then at the, towards the end of the year, we will be transiting a lot into like short course racing. And then there will be the short course world championships in Australia at the end of the year, which I missed out on racing at the short course world championships last year in Abu Dhabi because of um, some COVID-related issues. So... That's kind of the medium term. And 
when we look to 2023, it will just be kind of the cycle repeats itself because um, SEA Games is again next year and then Asian Games, which was supposed to be this year, got pushed back to next year. So 2023 is going to be kind of a repeat because there's also World Champs. So it's almost like a repeat of this year again. And then obviously 2023 is when the qualifying window opens for Olympics. And so I've been gunning to try to make my first Olympics in Paris 2024. And then, yeah, I think that's uh, a good enough road ahead. And then I'll see how it goes from then. You know? Yeah, you pretty much have your next two years already mapped out what your targets are and, and everything. So let's hope uh, you do get to where you want to go and hit all the milestones you've set for yourself. Uh, thank you again, Tiong, for the time and for all your answers. And yeah, good luck in uh, Hungary and beyond. Thank you. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.